0: Top Flip Flops.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 87 of High Top Flip Flops. As always, I am Krish. I'm here with Naveek. How are you today, Naveek?
0: You know, I I had uh, about seven meetings today. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, had a class. And, you know, I... It's just so odd, you know, constantly seeing people through the screen. And when you're seeing people through the screen, you can't look sad or you can't look like not happy. True. You know, because then they'll they'll be like, oh, why aren't you happy? Why aren't you showing enthusiasm? But in person, you can, you know, be miserable and people don't question it usually. <laughs> right? In person meetings and stuff like that, they don't really say, hey, why isn't me? He- looking up to par. It's
1: true. It's and it's kind
0: true. of it's kind of the scrutiny that men face in like <laughs> this kind of space, you know? You think consistently so? being judged on your appearance. You think so? Yeah, you think it's a I men
1: you think it's a men only issue?
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> I, I don't think women <laughs> women and
1: non-binary all. people. They don't they don't experience the judgment whatsoever. No, they, Not they, at all. that one bit.
0: Yeah. Like, when I when I walk down the street, I get, like, anti-cat calls. I get, like, go back inside <laughs> <laughs> when I leave, you know? So I'm tired of that. But, you know what, Chris, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm feeling okay. Uh, I'm very excited to uh, have today's guest with us as well. Um, you know what? Given your the the length and the, the richness of your relationship to this individual, in the Navik, I'm going to let you introduce our guest today.
0: We got one of the biggest, We got one of the hottest on the scene right now, one of the hottest creators. Right, oh. We're back to, you know, speaking with creators again, that's because right. for a little while we didn't.
1: It was just Naveh you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's not content. Remember, that's just
0: mm-hmm. thoughts. Oh, just thoughts. And he's hottest in every sense of the word right now. You know, hottest in the streets right now. Everybody's talking to him, hottest in appearance. Mm hmm you know, and he created something revolutionary, something that we desperately needed in this world, right? And this is a time where I wish we had a soundboard, you know, because I'd be going nuts with it.
1: Oh, yeah. All
0: right. We got Mohison of Plastic Flux here.
1: How's it going, Mohison?
2: Welcome,
0: well, I don't know why I said welcome. <laughs>
2: like, this basically, is my, this is my podcast. I'll take now. it over. No, like take it over. It's yours now. No, Novak basically flustered me. You know, that's way too
1: many compliments than I can handle. You know, um, so I don't,
2: I don't even know how to talk anymore. That's, that's
1: totally okay. You know, um, that's totally okay. This is your podcast now, right? <laughs> so it doesn't even matter. Please. You can sit in silence for 30 minutes. We can't do anything about it. <laughs> but, right, well, Mohisa, no. thanks so much for for joining us today. We uh, we're very keen to, to talk to you about this, um, this idea, this business of yours. Um, in short, I'm going to give the very, the very basic overview from what we understand. And then maybe we'll have you jump into um, the, the the more richer, fuller uh, exa- or explanation of, of what it is that you folks are doing. But correct me if I'm wrong, you folks at Plastic Flux are making furniture using exclusively recycled plastics. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. around right on the ball.
1: Incredible. Yeah. So how how did this come to be is this something that you've only started very recently has this been in the works for a, for a little while
2: it's, um, it's started recently for sure um i want me and my friend co-founder hansen we've basically been good friends since university and we've like thrown ideas back and forth so we've had like a couple of ideas that we wanted to uh, work on um and we had before this it was like we were trying to do like a coffee shop that focus on mental health. So like you can go in and talk with the Reisters and like stuff like that. Mm. But um, we felt like we were out of depth there. And then, <laughs> so we like sideboarded it for now. And then uh, we moved on a little bit, but I've always had a passion for the environment, you know, my whole life. Um, and Hanson, he enjoys like crafting things out of wood and stuff. So the issue with that is like, he basically had a lot of wood that he'd go through or like resin and stuff like that. And it wasn't as eco-friendly as he would like. And I I wanted to find any, I'm always all about making things more eco-friendly. So we just talked over beers and stuff and like, we came upon like plastic, uh, this whole community on recycling plastic called like precious plastic. Um, And then from there, we just like try to figure it out like, okay, what can we do with this, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we thought about what's the best way to recycle plastic so that it stays out of the landfill for the longest, so. What are things that people have around their house that they tend to keep around for a long time or even resell a lot of? And that's where furniture came into the play.
3: Right.
2: Okay. And then that's where we started talking about things. And uh, that was uh, last September. So I think that's about uh, almost eight months now. Uh, we okay. officially started things. Like we continued talking about it for a couple of months and officially started like February of this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Incredible. Amazing now it's been I looked into the message boards and I found out that is the reason that you're doing furniture because you have this d-pager for Leon's
2: <laughs> um Leon's and Ikea both yeah you know every now and then I like set fires to their stores but, um, <laughs> no, I'm, <joking. laughs> no, I'm kidding that would be the uneco-friendly thing to do you know you sure. just rob them and then uh biodegrade all their wood or whatever <laughs> incredible <laughs> no I'm joking but um, I don't. I wouldn't say I have a deep hatred for them, but uh, I feel like furniture is one of those things that's very versatile. You can have like so many different designs and stuff. It doesn't necessarily have to be just wood or whatever. Um, and a lot of these Leons, I'm not. I feel like I'm not too bad because with, or at least I'm not too familiar with your furniture and how they source things. Um, but at least with IKEA and stuff, I know a lot of people go to IKEA because it's like it's cheap and stuff. But they tend to not last very long. <laughs> and then they end up getting thrown out. Um, they're trying to change that now and do like these, implement these strategies where they buy back furnitures and stuff. But the mentality of their customers has remained the same for the most part. Mm.
0: So a little okay, bit of a hatred there. But. Of course. And your the furniture that you will create will last time. Last yeah. time.
2: yeah. Yeah. So the idea is like, we want to make it, our priority is to make it durable and look unique and nice. So that's like priority, right? And then followed up by the fact that it's eco-friendly, right? Because a lot of people, you know, being eco-friendly is cool now, but not everyone's going to buy something just because it's eco-friendly, right? So you got to make sure it hits that category first. And already, we want to make it durable enough so it lasts long enough, you know, and that they can, if it looks nice enough, then they'll sell it again. So it's not like a one-off thing. They can resell it. Um, and it can continue to cycle and at the very end even if people aren't buying this and they're trying to get rid of it we'll buy it back from them and we'll shred it and create another another furniture piece with it so it's a full circle
1: that's incredible yeah that's so cool and i think um what i what i like about your whole setup is that it there's like um opportunity for like constant shifting as well i think with a lot of furniture there is like timelessness that i think sometimes people really enjoy about furniture Mm -hmm. but um i'm sure nobody could speak to this more than i can but just in terms of design and like the history of design particularly with furniture that's also something that like evolves you know um so something that i find really fascinating is that you know over the course of time you could really really hone in i mean whether that's yourselves or whether that's someone you partner with to think about how you want to design these things as you said even if it's like very clear that like you know i'm just making this up but there's like a very specific design that people really love right now and is really really popular you could shift you know you could really shift gears if it involves and this is something we can touch on is the actual kind of process of of how it's made but you can shred it and 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 start over again that's like a, a really really neat mobility that you that you have right Um, by way of using this one material but also this like consistently reusable material as well
2: yeah well technically to be accurate like it's not consistently reusable Um, that's one of the biggest issues with plastic in general Mm. like uh, there's a limitation on how many times you can recycle it because every time you recycle it it becomes the quality of the material degrades so see. Okay. typically they can only be recycled 30 times which is why all of these like corporations and stuff will like recycle them into lower and lower tier things until it ends up in the landfill mm. um, but our idea is that we want to make use things that will take a long lifespan before they need to be recycled again
1: yeah for sure um,
2: so then they effectively make increasing their lifespan before they go to the landfill right and the idea the secondary idea is like if we make it long enough eventually we'll figure out a way to make it perfectly recyclable. So it doesn't have to be degraded. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully society will catch up, you know, and then we can, and then we don't have to worry about that anymore.
1: That's brilliant. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Now, you know, of course you're, you're doing this for the, the eco reasons, which is excellent, Mm -hmm. but from a furniture perspective, you must, you know, Have a good feel for you know couches chairs what are you looking to really kind of create or make a lot of that you think you know people really need
3: yeah
2: um you know our first line is going to be very focused on like coffee table and dining tables like you know we're kind of catering towards the people who have smaller spaces like let's be honest housing prices are ridiculous right now (laughs) so everyone is gonna have to downsize and can't have as much stuff in there so we're trying to like go for that kind of like unique piece the the talking piece you know that discussion starter uh piece that they have in their house um have like the thing with like some of these plastics is like the way you like melt them and the way you refine them you can make it kind of look marble-esque, or you can even go all the way the other end of the spectrum where you just make it super radical with a bunch of colors and whatever and random Mm -hmm. designs you know so if people want something more casual they can go for that marble feel or they can go for that extreme and they can have it in their small space to be like you know an eye attraction of like attention or whatnot like the focal
1: point of a room that's really neat
2: so i think that's what i'm gonna we're trying to go for for the first one like uh get those like eye grabbing pieces um that people want especially if they're starting off their condo lives um you know that's probably like you have that one piece and then eventually you know as people hopefully as housing prices calm down and people move out and get bigger homes then we'll get more of that like set of furnitures you know you'll have like shelves and tables and then chairs as well
1: mm-hmm. like that
3: wow
1: and um Sorry, go ahead, Navik. No, 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 no. I was going to say, um, is it is it you and Hansen who are primarily um, coming up with the designs as well? Is that something that you work with with others on, or for the most part, is it is it you and Hansen kind of providing yeah. full solution here?
2: Yeah, so like we're gonna definitely start off with us providing the full solution, but like the idea is we want to like increase the hype around mm. plastic as a resource. We currently have like uh three three interior designers who we're meeting up with and having discussions with so if they i'm sure they can probably do a better job of designing some of this stuff than <laughs> we can um you know we're both from the science field so i don't know right. if it's the most creative field <laughs> right but um yeah as long we're, we're gonna get it started and show that like look it looks awesome for a couple of amateurs but, and then hopefully that will intrigue more Talented people to start using it as well, and we'll be the supplier in that case, and then mm-hmm. work together with them as well.
0: Yeah, this is uh, this is super exciting for um, designers down the road in the in the future, because of course you're working with uh, these interior designers at the moment. But yeah, super exciting because yeah, they'll you know, uh, I I can't speak for myself, you know, being a uh, you know kind of a designer. Um, I don't want to say that, but for a lot of other designers, their dream is to, you know, be able to design every single thing in their home. Yeah. And with this, they'll be able to do it safely and have it going for decades. And, you know, once they're done with it, give it to someone else, keep that kind of Mm -hmm. going and eventually putting a key out of business. Exactly. (laughs) We're done. We're not paying $300 for a coffee table anymore. Well, actually, you know, I can can (laughs) speak on you know what? We're not paying three hundred dollars for a coffee table that lasts eight months. There you go. Yes.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't uh, cap my price there. <laughs> you know, for two people working out of a garage, it can be kind of expensive to compete against IKEA prices. <laughs> That's true. You've um, got like these huge ass factories and like people working minimum wage and like just like streamlining the
1: yeah those Mm -hmm. bastards man they're really truly 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 making it uh so incredibly difficult for anyone else to compete yeah um how um i think this was a question that that uh came my way recently um someone was talking about self-driving cars and uh you know they brought up it was a conversation between me and two friends um and one of them said, you know, I think it's about time where I need to start looking into to buying a vehicle. And another friend said, you know, don't do it. You know, it's, you're not going to need a car. It's not going to be worthwhile to, to own a car in 10 years because of self-driving cars. And there'll be enough cars on the road where you can get around where you need to. So instantly, et cetera, et cetera. And um, yeah, I guess like the question that um, that I I was I asked them at the time was how do you think that um what strategy do you think these companies i think tesla is the big one that comes to mind they will employ to convince the people that you know in their case it's safe that self-driving cars are safe that you have nothing to worry about that like there's no human behind the steering wheel and that you can still get from point a to point b and the roads are going to be safe you know um because that's like a that's like a a a mass scale psychological shift that needs to take place. While I hope and don't imagine that (laughs) the shift is necessarily as like large scale for you, uh, a plastic flux. um, That is still something that you need to convince people of, right? That investing in recyclable plastics, but in the form of furniture is worthwhile. It still has as much value as, you know, furniture that people really kind of like fawn over like that's made of particular woods right or are, are made of certain materials that are not necessarily renewable or are not nearly as accessible um so I, i'd love to know you know what yeah where where your and you and hansen's kind of head is at when it comes to yeah how is it that um you two feel that you can convince people that this is is worthwhile it's a worthwhile investment
3: yeah,
2: that's a solid question for sure. Uh, the Tesla one is definitely an ex- extreme example. You know, extreme example trying. for sure. It's like you know we're not we're not putting anyone's lives in, right. in our hands <laughs> with our tables per se. That's right. Uh, but uh, or <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I or it could be you know I don't know yeah. people are trying to build a tower out of our tables and <laughs> yeah exactly it.
1: exactly height no, um, risk.
2: Yeah, I'll put I'll put that in the. Little font at the bottom. The fine print, exactly. (laughs) The fine print. (laughs) Uh, No, um, yeah, you know, convincing people is always going to be a hard part. But I think one of the fortunes that we have right now is that the generation that's coming into like the buying power right now, who are moving into homes, are like a lot of millennials. And a lot of the millennials actually understand the eco conscious aspect of purchasing you know the things to keep in mind and understand how much of an impact we're making a negative impact we're making on the environment based from all of our consumerism right Uh, just like purchasing things unsustainably or uh, purchasing things with short life expectancy Um, so there is a large trend and in terms of just eco products in general it's been shown that year over year it's been increasing exponentially so we we see that people are understanding and they're coming around to it, which is awesome. Um, and, like, you know, some people, they want that wood look, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, to be honest, uh, we're not telling people not to do it. You know, if that's what your heart desires, go for it. But just make sure that it's sourced responsibility. you know. You don't have to try yeah. to make sure it's bought from people who buy like farmed wood or whatnot, or yeah. make sure that it's sustainably logged.
1: Yeah. Just accept the fact that you've now rid like a thousand Canadians of like a healthy oxygen supply. You know, it's okay. Do do what you (laughs) (laughs) want. Well,
2: I'm glad you say that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you know, it definitely takes a, yeah, it's definitely more, more of a negative impact on the
1: environment for sure. For sure. Um, For sure. But I see what you mean. You know, you're not in control of of what people are going to buy for, right? You can only kind of put the facts in front of them and, and Provide this alternative solution.
2: Exactly, and you know, like let's. No one's gonna ever like. I'm not trying to pit plastic against wood, because um, then there's always gonna be extremists who are gonna be hardcore one way or the other. But you know, if uh, if one of those extremists decides to buy one furniture that's plastic, then at least we're reducing the overall impact, right? So exactly, it's not it's not one or the other, but there is much stronger environmental impact, positive impact by doing use furniture from plastic flux and stuff. Without a doubt.
0: Definitely. Um, Now, you're currently involved in a contest so that you can gain some funding to kind of really get this off the ground. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I got good and bad news on that front. (laughs) um, So before we get into it, like, yeah, currently we are competing on Orbit, and um, it's like a contest held by Michelle. Um, I forget what her last name is. Monero. Um, she's from dragon's den as well nice. uh, for those of you who watch dragon's den uh, and she's basically hosting it it's a contest where like uh, 93 companies started off uh in the different rounds and then we basically used our networks to try and get votes mm-hmm. for it um and then it got narrowed down to 10 companies in total so plastic Flux made it to the top 10 which wow. i'm super excited about yeah. and honored you know uh stoked that so many people believe in us mm-hmm. and that's motivating for sure um and technically the voting was supposed to continue on until the end until this Friday but uh, once the final round started which was on Monday they um, they closed off the voting polls um, not oh, sure why
1: man <laughs> so some, uh, this yeah. a, this is a after I think what U.S. election year was, but this is like Al Gore, uh, <laughs> Al Gore, George Bush shit all over again, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I sent them uh, an email, and when they said they'd get back to me in twenty four hours about the situation, but um, yeah, I'm like a lot of uh, a lot of my friends and stuff were like, you know, I'll wait till the final round to see see uh, you know, where you're standing and how to help you out and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, of course. So it's a little unfortunate that uh, they won't be able to vote but uh yeah,
1: um, no kidding oh man wait that's
2: yeah, so strange
0: was... how, how long was the, the round open for
1: so like they
2: did like multiple rounds so they oh. had like five different rounds um and each one lasting about a week or so um and now we're in the final round so we're in the fifth round right now and that started uh two days ago
0: and but then you just close it like
2: yeah like if you go to their site and stuff, it says like, Oh, you got three more days of voting. But then when you go to actually vote, it says, Oh, we're closed for voting. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, what the heck? So it's, it's a little buggy of a site for sure. Um, there's a lot of improvements. And after this competition, I'll probably send them uh, a nicely worded email. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, <laughs> you might want to, yeah. might, might want to get this straightened out yeah, just to make the competition sure. more fair and stuff. But um,
1: yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's a, uh, that is a yeah. shame. Yeah. Um,
0: Top Bernie, 10, now so. you. That's right. <laughs> a, this world never will get better. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but you're right. Being selected top ten out of you said nearly a hundred, ninety plus.
2: Ninety-three. Yeah. Ninety-three. That,
1: 93. that is truly, truly yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you know, given how uh, how brilliant and uh, intelligent the two of you are, I'm certain this was. You didn't put all your eggs in one basket, and you're you know you're continuing to kind of play the field I can't I can only imagine I mean that's something that I would love to to you know he, hear your perspective on is like what I don't want to use the word chasing but what going after that looking for that funding is because you know I realize that like it's not just one round of money you don't just get you know five million dollars plopped on your I mean yeah. very rarely I imagine there's probably some <laughs> a few few. Few people who've struck gold in that sense but there's rounds you know there's seed rounds there's um you know you're sometimes looking for for angel investors to kind of swoop in you're looking for like something called syndicates which i've learned about which is like multiple different people pooling their money together to mm-hmm. get someone off the ground um i imagine there's a lot of pitching involved there's a lot of kind of networking and meeting people taking meetings um has that kind of been your experience so far has it been a, yeah. a lot of work just to kind of get your name out there in front of funders?
2: For sure. Yeah. Um, we're like, like I said, we're very early on right now. I think we're probably maybe, I'd say, four or five months of active like uh, funding. And like, there's definitely different stages for sure in the funding. Um, but one thing that I've learned is that you really want to take advantage of grant money um, as much as possible early on. So, like, we started off with, like, getting grant money from Canada Starts for 5K, um, which helped start up our business. And then we, uh, you, we my co-founder, Hanson, his high school actually does, like, um, pitch competitions every now and then for alumni students. Oh wow. So, that was amazing. Uh, we were able to wear, take, take away first place there and got another 10K. But oh, um, incredible. we basically used all of it up, uh, building the first machine uh, to, right. like, melt down the plastics into, like, sheets so you know easy come easy go
1: for sure for sure
2: (laughs) yeah but uh yeah it's a lot of grants is what we're trying to go for you know we don't want to sell like once you start getting investors early on i've heard that there's a lot of horror stories with like getting investors early on and they affect the vision of the company
3: Mm
2: -hmm. um, and that can end up with a lot of disputes causing the company to ultimately fail. Right. So we want to get our roots into the ground as early as possible and try to maximize all of these grants that we can get onto. Um, So there's a lot of, there's a lot some government grants as well that we apply to and try Mm -hmm. and get it. Um, And then various companies like Canada starts is like funded by like Shopify and like a, a couple of other people as well. So we use them to get the 5k uh, reach out to networks and then this orbit thing was like another one right uh, which we're hoping hopefully we'll still win um yeah. only so the first place gets surprised but we'll find out uh, this friday
1: For see how sure. that goes oh man
2: um yeah and then we're also like the, gonna do like kickstarter and stuff as well to try and get more of that funding so that's For like sure. our next step so it's always about like you know continuing keeping the flow going um and the cash flow going as well try and get more funding early on so we can r&d more and get products out there people to buy incredible but yeah after that we'll once we get through like uh that stage of like exhausting a lot of these like grants and funds and stuff then it's going to be looking into more of getting investors on board right um because you're gonna have to like give away piece of the pie um and then have like more structured logistics within the company about like you know giving them quarterly reports and all of that and if you do that too early on it's going to take away from our efforts on building the company itself so but well, that's like the next step after all of these grants.
1: Yeah, makes sense. You want to make sure you know all the ingredients of your pie before you start uh, sectioning it off. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's a really brilliant um, strategy as well. Yeah. Uh, learning a lot from, uh, from hearing you talk about all this because, um, I mean, even if you think about this podcast when Navek and I first started, you know, we, uh, we really were just like, all right, let's just get a couple mics and uh, go from there. <laughs> which uh i mean nice. has been an incredible journey by all means but um yeah. obviously stakes are a little bit different and uh <laughs> it's uh it's really neat to to kind of hear hear you know hear your perspective and, and what your journey has kind of looked like thus far yeah
2: you know uh, the stakes may be different but like you know i think that's great that you guys started it's all about getting started right taking that first step and then building on from it there and like you know restrategizing strategizing
1: it every other day <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um like you said when you got nothing to lose baby you could just (laughs) (laughs) just, yeah you could just do whatever you know um i uh i want to shift gears just a a little bit here i mean while this is still relative to the uh to the business i guess um i'm kind of curious to to peer into to maybe your own experience outside of this business um but you know Everything that you've you've just kind of shared it, um, in terms of you know the work that's kind of necessary to get things off the ground and really kind of accepting that you know you do have to start small and you know you you spoke about even um, you know just building <laughs> you know putting designing I imagine and engineering and then building this machine just to to melt this plastic down. It's not only a process, but um, or, or sorry, it's a it's an incredibly long process, which I imagine on, on all fronts, there is like a lot of, um, a lot of failure involved, you know, um, a lot of things not going right. And, um, that I think is, um, experienced and like dealt with, uh, differently by different people. Um, and I'm kind of curious to know what that has looked like or what, what failure has felt like for, for you and Hanson, um, throughout this kind of journey, you know, this eight month journey and um if your relationship to failure has changed at all over the course of, of working on plastic flux
2: yeah you know um failure is something that you definitely gotta learn to learn from and roll with you know it's uh, it's unavoidable for sure especially mm-hmm. at this stage um like we'll see like so far we are pretty early on so there haven't been anything major but like there's definitely things that we learn from like anything from like relationship standpoint, like how we communicate with each other miscommunication. One of the biggest failures is probably like discussing how to have contracts with like machine shops and stuff like that. Mm. We made a mistake of like telling them how much money we had <laughs> and then they just like dimed up, <laughs> dimed us up for the full round, <laughs> Shit, yeah. uh, you know, those, uh, are you know, learning, th- learning points for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> having those communications, um, you know, right now the contest that we're doing with Orbit, you know, definitely learned a lot definitely I don't know if it's a failure yet it might be we're, hope, we're still hopeful but um, uh, we learned that TikTok is a great platform that uh, someone that one of the other teams was using and they're like both just skyrocketed mm. and it's like that's something they would probably have to get uh, use, uh, use as well so like even mm-hmm. though like if we do end up like not getting that first place we still had a lot to take away from it we can see all these other companies and how they're marketing and then we're just like stealing the ideas and incorporating (laughs) it you know
3: for sure for sure
2: yeah so it's it's there's gonna be failures um obviously the first step to do is do your research as much as possible like we're great that like we have the precious plastic community and we like dig into it and we like annoy the hell out of people (laughs) Mm -hmm. for sure and uh try and learn from their failures as much as possible but uh no matter how much you try to learn from other people's failures you're gonna have your own and you just gotta learn from it and uh, move forward. Like you know, when we found out about like the voting being closed, you know, uh, yeah, yesterday, we that, that that felt like a failure as well. You know, we were kind of upset about that because mm-hmm. we had so many strategies that we aren't able to uh, see to completion. So yeah. we just took the day off, and we were just like, you know, we're gonna feel bummed about that failure, and then we're gonna regroup and uh, discuss what how to move forward. You know, how to roll with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great because, you know, your idea is so solid that you'll, you know, you'll experience some of these uh, failures. In this case, you know, the system being crooked and you can't fix that sometimes. That's right, yeah. You know, the system is just too too odd for some real free thinkers like ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. And because we all, uh, would you say you're a free thinker, Moisin?
2: Yeah, I'm a free thinker, for sure. Think freely. Yeah, you know, without any chains.
0: <laughs> oh, point. not
1: point. Unshack- he's unshackled, unshackled. His mind is unshackled.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And we, you know, ultimately, we just have to keep continuing if we have something solid and and, uh, and great, yeah. and eventually the, the success will follow, for sure. Now, I know a lot of people are probably wondering, is Mohison really about Saving the environment, you know, and myself, you know, to share a short anecdote. I think I was in the fourth grade, maybe fifth grade, mm-hmm. and oh boy, I definitely no, I definitely littered, and Wilson called me out and said, "Hey, don't litter and throw that in a trash can, recycle bin, whatever." And I've never littered, littered since. Fun fact, by the way. Now. Oh. Yeah, now Mohison, let's say, for example, if you were to have a friend for the past decade, right? And you know, you're always pushing, don't litter, don't you know, contribute to this destruction of our beautiful earth. But then last week you see them litter. How do you respond to to something like that?
2: I mean, I'd probably cry, you know.
0: okay you know like uh
2: you know you guys you've boys been pretty supportive and I like you know whenever you guys uh, tell me like you know I was about to litter but then I saw your face like (laughs) like, puts a smile on my face I'm like you know (laughs) nice yeah you know there's an
1: image of you burned in their minds man that's that's when you know you've gotten to them
2: yeah that's when you know that you're actually my friends you know (laughs) so (laughs) no so like if one of you guys were to do that then it'd be like you forgot about me so my face is gone so, you know I can definitely <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> be sorry but um you know people who are not as close with you know then it's fine you know, I see them later you know i'm just gonna go up and be like i'll pick it up and then i throw it away and then usually that uh they're like oh shit you know they feel guilty about that <laughs> and then they don't do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so my strategy there that's that's you right. The secret is don't say anything. You know, just like, do it quietly, pick it up, and like they'll see it, and then uh, you know, it leaves an impact.
1: That's right.
0: Silent but deadly, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? That's how you can at least do the smallest bit of work, right? Because mm-hmm. global warming is coming in full effect. You know, there's the statistics twenty forty eight. You know, 2042, you <laughs> fix it up. I'm just <laughs> laughing
1: because it just sounds like you're just saying numbers, but I, I believe you. I believe you.
0: 1921.
2: Uh,
1: uh, yeah, you know. just... <laughs> hey, to be honest, we probably were screwed back then. That's yeah, right. be that's by right. then, Fossil fuel industry just booming, you know, yeah. that's when it all began. so it's like, Nibig.
0: yeah, and it's like, what small things can we do other than, you know, of course, not littering? What can we do? Yeah,
2: um, there's a lot you can do, actually, but you know, it's all about it taking it one step at a time. You know, it's, it can be overwhelming to try and consider all of the things you can do at once. You know, but the first step is just try and be more eco-conscious with your purchases, right? Like you, it all starts from when you buy something to, to how you get rid of it, right? So the first step is the buying phase for sure, right? So you try want to try and buy things that are more sustainable or eco-conscious, you know, biodegradable, uh, all of those things, depending on what you're buying, and then use them responsibly. Also, you know, don't go, don't fall into um, society's tricks into making you buy things you don't need, or buying excessively, or wastefully. You know, it hurts you financially for sure, and it hurts the environment. Uh, so, trying to be cognizant of that, you know, plan out your purchases, you know, reduce. The five hours, as they say, you know, like one of them, one of the most important is like reduce what you need, you know. Um, and that translates down to bringing down the environmental impact that you make throughout your life. Um, but yeah. And then after that, it's like try and repair things, you know, you don't want to just, you know, just because something's not working doesn't mean it's like, you know, you throw it away. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's as easy as fixing it. It's funny because like one time I was working um, in the office and the microwave was like screeching, right? And uh, basically I was like, oh, shit, we got to get a new microwave, (laughs) right? So I went there, I took, opened up the microwave, I took off the spinning plate and then the wheel that they have underneath, rinsed it, put a bit of olive oil on the wheels and then put it back and then it it was fixed. (laughs) I'm like, a lot of these people have been brainwashed. I'm not saying it's their fault, but like, you know, society has taught them that like, you know, broke means throw it out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, it's not worth fixing um but it's a lot of these things that you can like take a second thought see if you can fix it or reuse it for throwing it out
1: yeah
2: and then mm-hmm. lastly you know yeah. throw it out appropriately you know um our, our our waste management system is definitely not perfect has a lot of issues um like it's crazy like when i was first looking into plastic flux like i looked at some of the stats and I'm like in canada out of all the plastic that we use only nine percent of it actually gets recycled <laughs> So, like, that's yeah. 81 uh, as of 2016. That's when the stat was released by the government. Right. But, like, like 81% not being recycled is crazy. Yeah. Um, and what's even crazier is some of those things that are considered recycled are shipped to countries outside of Canada that mm-hmm. recycle them, or they say, but they end up not recycling as well because um, it's not worth it for them. Or, like, they're just trying to get that pay and then they throw it away.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> so, It's, there's a lot of steps, uh, a lot of crazy things that you can do to bring down your eco footprint, Mm -hmm. but it's all about just taking one thing at a time, you know, don't overwhelm yourself. Like even myself, I like to think I'm eco-conscious, but then I did one of those like um, tests where you answer questions about like your lifestyle, where you live, your consumption, your traveling, commuting, all that. It tells you like your if everyone in the world was to have the same lifestyle as you, what's your global impact? Like how many planets of earth do we need? And I got like 2.5 and I'm like, damn, I felt terrible. I'm like, that <laughs> oh, I was eco-conscious, but even if everyone lived the same way I did, we will not yeah. have enough planets.
1: Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that could be, a, that's like a, a frightening, well, not frightening, but I can imagine it's, it was dis- discouraging to kind of see that, but it's also like, uh, um, it also paints like just a picture of like the scale, right? Is like you said, it's like, even at where you're at, which, as you know, you kind of reminded us, right. You have to kind of take it step-by-step step and you have to consider what's realistic. Right. Yeah. Um, there is like, yeah, there is like a, you, ha- you have to kind of stop yourself from being like, okay, like I need to change everything right now. Right. That's also just like, exactly. a, as you said, it can just be a bit too drastic and be a bit unrealistic based on what you kind of have going on you know like for sure even just thinking about living in southern ontario right where like i don't know like living in like if i were to like build a treehouse or something and like live in that like that would work for maybe four months Uh, and then (laughs) the rest of the year i'm kind of toast you know yeah Yeah. um silly example but just painting a picture of like of like needing to you know i think in any in any case right even if it's like politics or like You know, you can be like someone could be like, oh, you know, you're not uh, liberal enough, you know, like you could be you could do more things, you know, Um, Mm that will always be the case. But if we're if that's how we're kind of gauging whether how eco conscious you are right, it's not really going to help anyone by way of doing that. You're not necessarily doing a a larger kind of shift of consciousness versus just being over overly critical of people and then getting no one, you know. Someone just yeah. like spite littering at that point, just like yeah, I'm gonna fucking litter just to, just to piss you off, um, which is terrible, yeah. of course. Um, terrible.
2: Well, I can see a couple of people doing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I, but no, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I was just gonna say like I agree 100. percent. Like you know, it's all about balancing in your life, right? Like if you try to go extreme right off the back, then give up in a month's time then go back to regular that you've made no, you basically haven't really made much of an impact but if you decrease one item this week one item next week and so forth you know in five years time you would have made a huge impact on your footprint you know you'd be super conscious and it's sustainable and you'd be happy about it you're not suffering through the transition
1: yeah yeah that's such a good point um is there anything extreme that you've tried in your life that you realized that, you know, after a short time that it was tough to sustain in, in terms of eco-consciousness?
2: Oh, mm. uh, that's a good question. Uh, I wouldn't say I've went super extreme so much, um, I guess because it's, it doesn't feel as extreme for me because I've been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm it's basically been small transitions you know as right. i've learned things as i've grown up and i've learned i'm like oh you know i'm going to try that out mm-hmm. you know as i was growing up it's like oh you know meat has a huge impact or i'm going to cut back on meat mm-hmm. um and then i learned like you can grow your own foods or shop local then i started doing that and it was like buy produce that's locally grown instead decrease the impact you know um try and try and avoid buying anything made of plastic because it can't be recycled as much instead opt out for glass and metal Mm -hmm. items, you know? Um, And then recently I've tried like getting rid of like plastic toothbrushes and using bamboo toothbrushes. And I've loved it. Um, I think like one of the things is also like, because it's part of my identity to like care about the planet, it's rewarding to do it. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel as like a a painful experience for me.
1: Yeah. It's not a chore.
2: Yeah. Like I'm, i'm happy with myself whenever i like find new ways to like reduce you know totally so it's a, it's a shift in that mind state a bit you know mm-hmm. um being able to think of the full impact in a couple of years makes me happy so it doesn't actually hold me back um you know. but like i guess in the terms of the meat thing like you know there's been periods where i find like no meat at all but you know sometimes i like to go hang out with friends and like we like to go try new things and stuff mm-hmm. right so that's one thing It's like you know meat has a different there's a whole cuisine you know like there's mm-hmm. a lot of like um what's the what's the term for like cooking styles whatnot.
1: not different cuisines yeah. <laughs> Very, yeah. yeah yeah you got different, it. You yeah got different it. cuisines
2: yeah. for like various meats uh, mm-hmm. meat, uh, dishes and stuff like that so you know right. those, are, those experiences those are fun experiences to have with your friends you know totally i'm just not gonna like cut it out and be like yup, nope i can't i'm, uh, I'm not i'm gonna come out because then I miss hanging out with my friends, <laughs> and just trying new things. That's
1: right, that's right. So
2: those are things like, you know, I've uh, compromised on, you know, whenever we go out for cottages, you know, like uh, sometimes it's more convenient to buy like one pack of burgers that's all meat for 12 people than like to have just my own and then split up and then it just brings so much work and it takes <laughs> away and it's a hassle for other people. Right. Uh, so compromises for sure. Yeah, like,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's fair. It's something I find myself thinking about is like, um, you know, Navek brought this up earlier, you know, there are some systems and there are machines that are much bigger than us that make things a lot harder to, to navigate or to feel like we have some control over, particularly, you know, when it comes to, um, to meat consumption. That's something that I think about often as well as someone who, who quite enjoys uh, consuming meat and, um, is while on one hand i'm like you know i I think reducing this is a way of um is a way of of kind of contributing positively a part of me is like Mm -hmm. this meat that i'm now seeing in the supermarket has already you know this animal has been killed um it's been processed and it's now been packaged um i'm not trying to say that i'm doing some sort of good by buying the meat but a part of me also wonders like what happens if you know say the three of us and you know 60% 60% of my neighborhood also decides to do the same thing. Does does that mean get thrown out? Is it lose, lose kind of either way, you know, whether we buy it and we consume it versus it just kind of getting thrown in the trash or maybe going on discount for a couple of days and then going in the trash, yeah. um, kind of get put in these, in, in a, in a situation where, um, as a result of how far removed we are from, you know, this is an example where it is something where we really are not in, in very much control over, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, kind of keeping those things in mind, so that you don't end up just like uh, experiencing like mass hopelessness, just being like everything is rigged against us. This life is meaningless. We're just all gonna yeah. die by the sun, you know. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, it takes it takes a lot of uh, of energy, and I think moderation is, is has been the theme of this this episode. Mohison is a man of moderation. Um, truly Fair. that's that's no. if there's one takeaway from this episode
0: <laughs> that's, that it is. and that's true but would you say you know of course there's the main animals we have cow we have goat think society <laughs> could... goat, goat is the second main animal <laughs> yeah, it's like dude, where's
1: chicken in there yeah. you know, what about fish so, i don't know
0: if you guys know i'm proud and i'm so, humble. <laughs> eat a little of that, that, goat, that goat you know that what i mean goat curry, eh? <laughs> that's right Okay, it's quite something. Do you think society should shift its desire on meats from cow, chicken, goat, to street animals such as possum, raccoon? (laughs) Because then we already are disgusted by those animals. Why not just take them? (laughs) What's your view? Well,
2: that's uh, definitely an interesting uh, point of view for sure.
0: (laughs) Um, I feel
2: like it's it's probably going to be easier to convince people to have vegetarian protein sources than to try and eat pasta <laughs> <laughs> like i think people would be more willing to eat more beans than have to taste a pasta
1: <laughs> you know the, down to the beans that's for sure
2: yeah like you know uh, but uh you know i think but like in terms of like other sources of protein like non-conventional um like insects you know they're mm-hmm. pretty hot right now as well that's uh, right. crickets grasshoppers um they're entering the market right now and uh, they're much more eco-friendly but i think like the issue with that is like i don't think people would want to eat need it just for the protein source like i got the protein source aspect of it but a lot of people eat meat for that flavor and the texture Mm -hmm. and things like that that like our body's been primed to from like generations of biology Mm -hmm. you know we're primed to crave those things so it's like it's it goes deep um so switch convincing them to eat insects or more of these like leaner animals, wild animals like possums, is gonna be super hard. Oh, I thought
0: you were gonna <laughs> like, say yeah, we should do that.
2: <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. if people are, so I think like the general thing is like the smaller the animal gets, the more eco-friendly it is, um, typically. So, hey, if someone's uh, someone's willing to eat possum over a cow, you know, go for it. You know. <laughs> And especially if you're capturing a wild, then it's like it's free range, right? Like it's lived its life, it's uh, done its thing, um, and you're not really having as much of an impact as like a factory farmed cow, you know. So I'm all thumbs up there, you know. If you're gonna switch out that steak dinner for a uh, roasted possum,
0: (laughs) all thumbs up. Make
1: sure you got that uh, that herb butter, you know. That's all it comes down to just keep that on deck.
0: for all my all right. chefs out there, it's all about the spices, right? Yeah, spices you, you make season it for sure. you correctly, add the right spices, it's a meal. Yeah. Now, are you playing with vegan options at the moment? Some vegan foods here and there?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's crazy how much the vegan food industry has grown in these last couple of years. Um, like, as you're probably aware of, like, the big name ones, like, Beyond Meat, which is, like, in- entering into, like, the fast food places, and they're amazing and possible foods and stuff like that. There's also like even smaller Canadian ones, like in Vancouver, there's like something called, there's a company called the Very Good Butchers who's making like uh, vegan ribs and vegan like roasts and stuff like that. And I think there was one in Toronto, but I can't think of its name as well. But um, there's a lot of vegan options coming um, and a lot of them are kind of hit and miss for sure. you know. But people are experimenting, they're trying things out, seeing what works. Um, But the amount of things that work out there is increasing. For sure mm-hmm. and like i can definitely see in a couple of years being comfortable completely comfortable switching to vegan though so with the only asterisk being cheese you know i love cheese and i feel like that is a tough <laughs> field for uh, veganism i feel like they can get the meats uh, surprisingly the meats and the eggs are doable and they are making a lot of progress on that but the cheese is just not the same you know
0: it's yeah the yeah I feel the same is, way. It's just so delectable, gooey, works well on a sandwich, works well on a yeah. charcuterie board, of course. Yeah, that super, super aged, versatile.
2: spoiled milk.
1: Mm-hmm. Can't get that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Nothing. not I love more.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, um, Mohison, this has been really, really great to get all your, your insight on uh, Plastic Flux. And um, just, you know, I think a refresher, at least I'll say for me, in terms of thinking about eco-conscious decisions and just a little bit more intentionality, you know, in, in uh-huh. the kind of day to day, I uh, if if you'll spare us in in the the final few moments of this of this podcast, I, uh, I to those who are listening, you may or may not know that from. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you and Navek have have now known each other for ten plus years. Is that fair to say, over ten years from elementary school, or was it just high school that you yeah, two managed I, I, I
2: wouldn't even say 15 years, like grade five or par,
1: yeah. Wow, incredible. Right, that's right. You, you yeah. know, you shifted Naveek's mind uh, regarding littering at the uh, tender age of nine. Um, yeah. I would love to know, uh, have Have there been any um, unique business ideas over the past 15 years that the two of you have uh, stumbled upon, or maybe individually? that uh, may or may not have, have taken shape um, <laughs> in that time frame. I'm very curious to know.
2: You know, that's a great question. I think we should dive into that, but uh, one last thing about like the whole eco-conscious topic Please. that we're having, you know, um, to add on like to the, it being overwhelming to make all these changes. I think one thing that I strongly believe in is that if everyone takes one step together, we make a huge impact, right? So like, never count yourself out for like, don't think it's not worth it for buying less or recycling more or washing things before you recycle, doing that small thing. It adds up.
0: Mm-hmm. It
2: adds up. It honestly adds up. And like with 8 billion people, like if everyone did this, we'll make a huge impact. And it's together. We're definitely stronger.
1: But, Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah.
2: Cool. And i back to our. <laughs> 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 uh well, did we ever talk about ideas or business ideas
1: or or maybe here maybe okay. i should rephrase. are there any business ideas that the has come to you with <laughs> that you recall
2: um <laughs> have you <laughs> my terrible am i forgetting <laughs> See, the thing
0: is i'm quite the ideas man you know, yeah like come up with a lot of ideas only a handful have actually followed through with. so there's most likely been you know over the past 15 years most likely been about you know 20 15 to 20 ideas that uh, that haven't come to fruition you know I'm sure there was a recycled clothing idea maybe Hmm. thrown around perhaps or that could have just never left my head I don't know (laughs) That is a good
2: uh, idea. I'd love to talk about that.
0: See, that's also, you know, something that a lot of brands are doing now. They're having the section. Yeah. They're having, uh, they have two sections. One is uh, here's how we made our clothing the most uh, worst way. And then mm-hmm. here's the, uh, the organic, you know, recycled, fully recycled
2: sustainable, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. which is kind of dope that they're taking those steps, you know, hopefully there's full, I mean, there probably is. I can't speak for, like, there's probably an existing brand that only does that.
2: There definitely Um, is. And, you know, they're definitely doing it not from a good heart, but more from, like, where the money's at right now. They're mm -hmm, trying to mm -hmm. capitalize on that in that area as well. But, you know, it's better than uh, nothing. (laughs) Very true. That is true. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: Any other ideas other than your second quote? (laughs) Yeah,
1: any new ideas to make? Now's the time to pitch them in.
0: Oh, I'm just pitching ideas right now. Yeah. This is my, <laughs> this is my, uh, the flood my shark tank. I'm more, of a, I'm more of a shark tank guy, you know? Oh, yeah? By oh. The way. Not a dragon's den? But a shark. Yeah, maybe it's the colors, to be honest. like mm. Nobody wants to walk up in a den. Right. No, we... I would rather um... enter a tank. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because brighter colors, you know, it's all... More fun, you get to yeah, see. yeah, yeah.
1: You can see what safety looks like on the outside while you're in the tank with the sharks, but to be eaten alive, you know, like you can see what your life would have been like if you didn't get in the tank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's yeah, what like you that. like about it, you know, it's just the regret the before death, yeah, <laughs>
2: it's, a, it's
1: a fetish, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> to live life at the edge, eh? yeah. <laughs> this guy is a regret fetish, you know.
0: It's crazy. You know what I have I did come up with a genius idea um, that you could take part in this but uh Mohison but uh, you know recycled cannabis <laughs>
1: <laughs> you
0: know? Walk me through that how does that work?
1: <laughs> this guy wants to take all of the burnt the little ends of the spliffs and just gather them <laughs> and fuse it. Just compact it <laughs> press right? it together hard enough. It's basically a new joint.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Or, you know what? Something that's actually doable the ends that people just toss away. Instead of using some, you know, that kind of cardboardy material, people could use like a piece of dry spaghetti. <laughs> uh, and those can be fastened to a point where once you're done, you just toss it up in the air. Out of grades. I'm all right just... where, where's the reused part <laughs> with that there's no there's oh, just, you know we're just not destroying the earth a little bit gotcha, gotcha. Slightly, but like this much mm-hmm. uh but think of the sleep on the can-
1: the recycled cannabis idea spaghetti
2: cannabis hey you know i think you, there is there is some substance there you know i think if you combine both of those ideas where you like you know sometimes people don't smoke all the way because uh filter is too harsh mm-hmm. you know but maybe that can be recollected and turned into a new joint that's right
0: Mm-hmm. I like where we're headed with this. Let's table this. Let's <laughs> wow! And...
1: Wow! You hit us. You really hit us with that corporate language to end the episode. <laughs> yeah. How could you?
0: Yeah, and I got I got that from a show. All right. I didn't even get that from my life. Right. Um... Oh. You know, <laughs> But no, no, please, please. I don't want to. I don't have any more ideas. I just wanted to give the floor to Mohisa in one last bit. Mm-hmm. See if he wanted to give any more raw opinions. You know that he may have off the top of his head. Yeah. Uh, something to push the uh, global warming date from 2048 to 2082, perhaps. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh man, I just went full dark, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I might be too high I'm like, hey, let's say if we really want to increase it that much, you know, we probably just have to get rid of the humans. Hmm.
0: Whoa. <laughs> I think uh, we should but, start with the billionaires.
2: Am I right? Right, right. You know, spread their wealth out and then uh, get rid of it.
0: Right. They really got a billion. A billion whole dollars. Not even...
2: Some of them are almost trillionaires, right yeah. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. hundreds of billions it's like there's a, there's this like page where um, they have like a pixel for like every million dollar and then they basically show like an average person is basically like a quarter of a pixel or whatnot yeah. and they're like in their lifetime's worth and then they sh- so that's like on the first page and then you scroll 300 pages and all of that combined together is like the first the real, is like Jeff Bezos
3: you
2: know he's yeah. basically got more wealth than everyone combined which is That's crazy madness. but um you know it, it was also crazy because they showed us that like if they even took like four percent of their wealth and they committed it to a cause they can resolve that cause like for example they can get rid of um uh mal- malaria uh with four percent of their wealth in all of mm-hmm. africa and stuff and that will like increase their life quality significantly wow. um and 4% is crazy when you think about it because like the stock market grows or like that grows by 7% out on average. So like mm-hmm. they're not even losing this money because like they'll be making more of it, it in the year yeah. <laughs> than they would have spent to resolve this issue. You know, they can make crazy changes like that. If they wanted to solve global warming, you know, they could, they, uh, you know, they could uh, basically implement perfect recycling everywhere. Mm-hmm. Perfect water usage everywhere. Uh,
0: Yeah, you know, um, somebody said uh, in Disneyland there's a garbage can recycling bin within, you know, every thirty feet that you're at, so there's never trash. Perhaps on the streets of the rest of the world, that should exist outside of just a place where you know people spend thousands of dollars.
2: So that is a potential solution, but I'd like to put a, a propose an alternative strategy, and that's changing the mentality on like littering like when you go to japan i've heard that apparently they don't have any trash bins in a lot of the areas the expected behavior is that you take your trash home um take it home and then you organize it appropriately and then it gets recycled appropriately Mm. right so they don't need to have trash bins they don't need to keep trash bins collected they don't have to waste trucks fuel on trucks going around picking them up um and people won't like misorganize them that's one aspect and secondly it's a change of mind mindset right like if you are responsible for this trash now you're going to do your best to reduce trash you know um people are going to buy stuff that requires more trash because right. then they have to deal with it um but now it's like you know where we have this mentality it's like oh you know trash bins everywhere you know trash whatever throw it away mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a change of mentality for sure so i really like that really resonated with me when i found out about the, how some of these other countries do it and like the, that mentality of like you're responsible for it, you take it home, you sort it and then you cycle it appropriately. you know Yeah. Hopefully one day we'll have something uh, like that in North america
1: <laughs> oh. wait for that day. It'll be 2047 you know.
2: Yeah you know if plastic flux uh, makes me a billionaire. I will uh, put 50% of my wealth for sure or no. you know what? 80% of my wealth for sure into uh, implement that system.
1: Incredible, incredible. Yeah well listen we're here for it and uh you know as your prototypes come together and as uh you know as it becomes safe to uh to to start recording this podcast in person again you know maybe we can uh we can make something happen to have uh to have a high top flip-flops table for where we record at made by sure. plastic flux i think that would be really cool oh, yeah. um but listen thank you so much for for joining us on this episode thank you so much for breaking down and representing plastic flux for us. I know, uh, I'm sure Hanson would have, uh, spat just as much game as, uh, and truth as you did today. So appreciate you being here. Um, it's a real shame about this, this voting being closed, but, um, you know, I, I doubt that, you know, it's, uh, it's the, it's the end of things for you folks. It sounds like it's just the beginning. So we very much wish you the, the best of luck. Um, I know. Uh, with usually with our with artists or, or people um, that we have on the show, we ask you know if there's any kind of social media or any kind of website that people can kind of take a take a look into your product. Is there anywhere in particular that some of our listeners can uh, can go to to take a look to learn more about Plastic Flux?
2: Yeah, for sure. But uh, before that, you know, I'd like to say thanks for like letting me be on the show, um, letting me take it over by saying welcome, taking, <laughs> <laughs> taking ownership of it. <laughs> Um, giving me a chance to like talk about all these topics and uh about what we're doing and our visions and stuff um in terms of social media you know definitely follow us either on facebook or instagram plastic flux uh you can find us there all and um send give us a like you know follow us and we'll show our progress and how we're growing and our next steps and then eventually we'll also have like our products that we're selling there as well. So if you want to check out some of the designs, we do a lot of customs as well. So like if you message out, we can do custom ordering as well. And hopefully I'll be able to get one to high tops flip flop soon, you know, as things open up. Sweet. Um, And yeah, we'll have a website as well, plasticflux.ca. And hopefully soon we'll have a TikTok one, but not yet,
1: but I'm sure. (laughs) we're Working (laughs) towards it. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Well, we'll certainly, we'll certainly post that in our, in our, description for for episode on youtube and on our social medias as well um yeah man we wish you the very best of luck and, and thanks again for for joining So i'm sure this won't be the uh, the last we we hear of you um as the year continues
2: definitely thanks for having us of oh, course having- <laughs> <laughs> that's what i like to hear <laughs> um,
0: I think Chris has to really go because he has to leave his uh, torture chamber. Listen, <laughs> <Yeah>, <we're laughs> <chill out. laughs> well, so listen. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I mean, turn it's... on the light,
1: man. I just turn on the light. it's really. <laughs> no, ravishing. he's
2: trying to be eco-conscious. Like, I really motivated him with my discussion. That's he's right. Like, you know I was what? like,
1: exactly, exactly. I'm actually powering my laptop with a hand crank underneath my desk. You know, <laughs>
2: just... nice, like one of those foot pedals. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. I'm just cycling. <laughs> man. I'm just getting my my cardio too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Um, Um, Thank you for joining us for episode 87 of High Top Flip Flops featuring Mohison of Plastic Flux. Um, We'll see you next time. (laughs) 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 Everyone say bye on three. One, two, three. Bye.
0: Bye. See you. High Top Flip Flops.